Hi, neighbor. Welcome to part two of my interview with Jane Baker. As an adoptive parent, there were many times I doubted myself. I thought I had failed my boys. That kind of thinking does not serve you or your family well. In this episode, Jane is going to share with us tactical ways to parent children of adoption trauma. Hope and healing are on the way. When you've got to the place where you've tried everything you know to try and you're not getting the result you needed, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you as a parent. It means you need more tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. You need a different way to approach the same problem. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and the persistent encourager. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Have you ever been told you're failing your kids? Life can be tough. Storms in life are inevitable, but there are ways to remain anchored when life knocks the wind out of you. In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor to teach you biblical solutions for modern day problems so that you can weather the storms of life too. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi neighbor. For context, I'm gonna back up a minute or so from where we left off in episode eight. At this point in the interview, Jane was beginning to discuss the different ways that adoption trauma can be manifested in a child's behavior. And now for the conclusion of my interview with Jane Baker. With adoptive parents, what are some of the, I don't want to get too personal with my son, so I'm going to let you kind of speak in generic terms, but how is adoption trauma manifested in their behavior? That they might see some warning signs. Sure. Well, I think, I think the most obvious one is you just really see that sort of uh, pervasive opposition. I often say that the kids, by the time parents get to me with their children for treatment, they've kind of been through a whole lot of other previous treatments that maybe didn't work or everybody um, that they know is offered advice and some of it's good, some of it not so much, but it, you know, so very often, um, our adopted kids, um, especially our ones, and I'm thinking more, my frame of reference right now is thinking more about the children that are adopted from uh, orphanages or from other countries where they've really, really had some real big mistreatment on the front end. And uh, sometimes our kids in foster care that we adopt out of foster care have had some uh, a lot of maltreatment on the front end as well. So I think a lot of times what you see is just a pervasive uh, pursuit of life on my terms. And so in the extreme sense, a lot of times we'll, they, they can just you know make you question your sanity because um, you'll say, wipe off the table. Well, they might wipe off the outside and then argue you into the very dust that they wiped off the table. Or they wipe off the center of the table, but not the whole table. So I'll do anything except a whole job of what you told me to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll, did you brush your teeth? Absolutely. And which one did you brush? You know, so because you could just assume they're not going to brush them all. 
Right. Um, no, so there's there's a lot of that. And I think that's one of the reasons I love these kids. They are so creative in the way that they try to manage their life because the thought of letting someone else love me might just be so overwhelming that I might just die because I've had important people quit on me. Mm-hmm. Certainly orphanage experiences will teach you that adults can't be trusted. So, you know, I'm just going to use you for what I need to use you for <laughs> just to get where I need to be. Uh, so sometimes in those more extreme uh, things, you see lots of nonsensical chatter, lots of arguing, rages that go on forever and a day. Basically just, you know, a relentless pursuit of life on my terms. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the more uh, on the other end of, of that spectrum is I've also had children that really just want to be left alone. They would be perfectly happy if nobody ever interacted with them. Uh, I think one of the most heartbreaking things for me in my career is working with a couple whose son was in a long, he was going to be in a long-term uh, mental health residence type of living. And uh, we were kind of going back over things. Um, both of them said, you know, we knew when we adopted him that he'd, been mistreated and neglected but we thought he would come around and so we really didn't push him very much we really didn't you know and and he was perfectly happy to sit in the corner and play with legos um so any interaction beyond that um would often create some level of of rage or opposition or you know meltdowns or whatever and 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 i think that was just so heartbreaking because they thought they were doing that he would come around, come around, but he, he didn't come around because he was one of those kids that for him, interaction, particularly with adults, was so indicative of pain and uh, possible maltreatment. He was perfectly okay just to be left alone. So, I mean, I think that's that's two pieces on, on, the, op- on the severe end. I mean, certainly you can have children who engage in criminal behavior. You can have children who engage in, you know, I, I, I work with the with a family uh, briefly for a time whose um, daughters had tried to burn the house down, adopted daughters had tried to burn the house down, not once but twice. So we can see those real extreme behaviors and we all can sort of recognize, you know, those kinds of things. You're not necessarily prepared for that as a, as an adoptive parent. But, uh, you know, also you, I think more subtle uh, early on things, as I was mentioning around holidays, you'll see, Maybe some children that aren't really able to fully embrace the joy of the holidays. So there'll be some upset. It's like they've got to do something to create some kind of upset when the family's trying to have, you know, this really sort of happy reunion or, or you know, Christmas Day or birthdays. And uh, so sometimes I see a lot of that around Mother's Days and again, Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think very often I've coached parents about, you know, it's okay to just say okay mother's day is coming up and you typically have a pretty hard time <laughs> and i can <Yeah>. understand how <laughs> come i get it i'd be sitting in here wondering if my birth mother was thinking about me on mother's day too mm-hmm. or on your birthday i get it i'd be thinking about that too and then just leave just just drop that announcement and just leave <laughs> <laughs> come back later and you know do a little bit more but just sort of sending that message of, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. And it's okay. I understand how come you do it. It's not okay that you do it, but I understand how come you do it. So. Yeah. 
I know I've told I've told my wife more than once when it, it comes to birthdays or holidays, I said, it seems those days we get reminded that we're parents. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and it's exactly what you're talking about. And it, it again, I hope adoptive parents are hearing this because it explains behavior because these these children are looking for ways to control the situation when they have they felt like they had no control. Absolutely. Your heart goes out to them because they're they're processing pain that, you know, like in my son's case, he he didn't even know how to explain it because he wasn't even talking when it happened. And but yet it was there and it was real. It's just now coming to the point where he's starting to understand more and and work through it. So, well, I think sometimes uh, children don't always know what the problem is Mm -hmm. they just know there's something right then maybe as they get older they're able to kind of maybe put some words to it but they're not going to risk very often uh having that conversation with their adoptive parents because maybe they don't want to rock that boat in that way i've certainly had kids in my office that didn't want to talk about their birth mother or birth father or their adoption story um, because they didn't want to upset everybody, but still they're wrestling with it. And so their behaviors are all over the place. And I've had a few that it was like light bulb moment when I said, did you not know that your parents knew you had birth parents before they got you? <laughs> so, <laughs> did you not understand that part? <laughs> so, um, so let's have a conversation about that. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but I do think a lot of times, uh, children, we do some things as our parent, as parents that we probably shouldn't do, which is usually we ask that, why are you doing that question? And uh, typically we're going to get, I don't know. And they're probably telling the truth yeah, because they don't, mm-hmm. they don't know a lot of times. And if they did know, they're going to plead the fifth and not tell you. I think a lot of what we see sometimes is, is sort of, it's not subconscious. It's just sort of non-conscious. It's just out of our awareness. And and certainly as adults, we can do the same thing. I, I often coach parents about when you have a more conflict in your home than you desire, and you've tried everything you know to try, and it's not getting any better. The whole family needs to go to therapy, not just child, the whole family. Mm-hmm. And find somebody that understands family dynamics, and then spend a little bit of time dealing with your own. So you're aware of what it is that I'm bringing to the table mm-hmm. that I can maybe alter um, a little bit. But um, I, I, that's kind of this, you know, the uh, very often we take a child to therapy. And so they're the designated problem, which I, I, I think can be at times counterproductive. I think everybody needs to go. Whole, it's a family problem. Let's all go figure out what it is. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because... When we brought our son to the the treatment center, um, that was one of the things that was said. How do you find how do you find professionals to do this that that specialize in this? Because we had tried to do our due diligence prior to him going to this treatment facility, and he was in therapy. You know, I remember one situation. Uh, and, you know, I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy came out and said, oh, we had a great session. And we get out in the parking lot. And my son says, that guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> because it was like a 45 minute session. 
And my son could put the mask on for 45 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. But when he was with you guys 24 seven, you broke down. And, and that's why when he looks at you, he knows you see him. And that's why he says, yes, ma'am. He does, don't he? I've forgotten about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that, that makes him uneasy because uh, Miss Jane sees me. Mm -hmm. She knows exactly what's going on. And But how, how do parents find these resources? I mean, that's... Well, I, I know. And, and I think it's so important to understand that a therapist cannot take you any further than they have been. So I'm a big believer of inter even if you have to pay a copay, go interview the therapist and you're going to know in a few minutes whether or not this is somebody who can get what you're talking about. Again, I've had a lot of parents come to me and they've been, they've had the finger pointed at them more often than not. And the therapist has been unable to see the family dynamic as a whole. So I encourage people to ask questions, you know, what, uh, are you familiar with family systems? Do you, do you um, practice with that approach? Do you understand family dynamics? What about inner child work? Do you understand, do you have any experience with inner child? Those are so, some things that a therapist should be able to understand um, when we start talking about core issues, core inner woundedness, that inner child that got wounded. Certainly somebody who's got a trauma background, um, particularly childhood or developmental trauma background, even though they might not be uh, really well-versed in adoption issues, but if they've got that background with the uh, childhood trauma and developmental trauma, they're probably going to be pretty good. I'm so old in this profession. <laughs> I started out with family systems work and family dynamics work. Mm -hmm. And um, so among my colleagues, and sometimes I'll be talking about, well, what, uh, what's your therapeutic approach and blah, 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 blah. And, and I'll mention family systems and they just roll their eyes <laughs> and go, well, that <laughs> dates you. And I go, uh-huh. But to me, when we start working about with adopted kids who have some developmental trauma, that's necessary. Mm -hmm. um, when I talked earlier about we come to adoption with this loving, hopeful perspective, and we're adopting somebody who's got an inner wound. Now, we've got our own inner wounds, and if we don't know what those are, the likelihood that those will intersect and enmesh becomes pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so t uh, typically what happens is uh, family members start losing friends. They start losing uh, support people because people don't know what to make of this little person who looks so awesome at church and in public. And that can't be this kid you're telling me about. And then the same thing can certainly happen. Well, I'll just give you a quick example. This one little girl that I was talking about earlier, I, I went to do a family, uh, a monthly meeting, um, as was part of my job back then. And they were at the therapist's uh, office at the mental health center. And uh, so I went and was sitting in the waiting room with the family while we were waiting on our, our little girl to get out of therapy. And the therapist comes out and she's quite young. I think, you know, prob probably right out of school. But, um, and then I could see this one walking behind her, which I thought that's unusual. She's usually out front. And I was sitting where I could see her face and she had this little grin on her face like, you know, the cat that just ate the canary. 
And so the therapist <laughs> walks up and she says to the mom, I'm so sorry about your loss. And I'm sure this has just really, really hurt your family, you know, words to that effect. And she said, I'm, I'm thinking that might be what's been influencing uh, her acting out lately. And mom said, what loss? And she said, oh, well, she told me about your mom's passing. And I sat there and put my hand over my mouth. And I just looked at the foster mom and I thought, oh, you're on your own. And uh, she said, well, I'd like to introduce you to someone, to the therapist. And she turned to this elderly woman sitting next to her who actually uh, was. And she said, I'd like to introduce you to my mother who was sitting right there. So, (laughs) (laughs) and so I'm watching the child the whole time Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and she was perfectly happy as if somebody had just handed her a hundred dollars. So you got to think about that level of skill that I can go in and manipulate an entire therapy session, knowing that I'm probably going to get busted when I get out to the waiting room, but it doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah. I know. Um, so, so sometimes that can happen, um, and it really, really wreaks havoc in families. So, that's why I say if you can find somebody that does family work, family systems work, understands um, uh, uh, developmental trauma, and there's not many of us. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that there's more than there used to be, but you got to look for them. Mm-hmm. Well, now, yeah, I. Well, you brought up a lot of stuff that I was thinking there. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we had a therapist because we did attempt therapy and we went to a therapist recommended for adoption. Mm-hmm. And within five minutes, the guy was trying to pit my wife and I against each other. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> and we said, okay, we're trying to help the family and the son and you're trying to make us fight. I said, no. And mm-hmm. that was the one and only time we went to him. Mm-hmm. But it is hard to find a reputable therapist that that has the chops to do this. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't mention this, and I apologize. I should have mentioned this earlier. You've got a bunch of initials passed after your name, but they help for people who are looking for these kind of resources. Can you explain what all those initials are? It's L-I-C-S-W, because that's the kind of thing they're looking for if they're trying to find a therapist, and then we can give your contact information. You can share that with everybody, too, if they want to reach out to you. Sure. Um, an LICSW is a master's level uh, therapist. Um, it stands for a licensed independent clinical social worker. That means that my background is in is in clinical um, uh, service. It's equal to what you might find with an LPC, what you might find with um, a psychologist that's not a doctorate level. I can do just about anything uh, any of the rest of them can do, except I don't prescribe medication and I don't do testing. Mm-hmm. Typically in somebody's bio, bio, when you're looking at it, they're going to list sort of their areas of expertise. And so you want to be looking for somebody that's got a trauma background, um, if, if nothing else. And um, again, uh, a therapist can't take you any further than they've gone. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. So... Not that I want to encourage therapist hopping by any means, but at the same time, if you, you're not feeling that you're getting uh, somebody that you can talk to that under, that's a team player with you and will still you know tell you the truth about what's going on, it's, o- it's okay to look. 
the Child Trauma Network, I think, uh, usually has a list of therapists. Um, they may or may not be in, in your area. Um, the Attach Organization, A-T-T-A-C-H dot org, also has a list of therapists that are members of that particular organization. Most of those therapists, you know, when when I was a member of it, we all sort of agreed to uh, practice along certain guidelines, ethical guidelines for uh, treating attachment troubled children. So that's a that's a good resource as well. But it, it's okay to interview your therapists mm-hmm. and, and to decide if this is a good fit for you or not. I've had some people come to talk to me about you know their therapist just basically rewarded their child with M&Ms every time they gave the right answer. And, and I, I wanted to just, uh, I, I just, I just hurt, I mm-hmm. hurt inside for that. But, uh, so again, it's, 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 it's not easy, but when you find somebody that, um, is a good fit for you, it's, it's pretty much worth it at that point. Well, I know speaking from experience um, for us, you're trying to find solutions and you're asking questions and, whether you ask the right question to the right people, you don't know because you're trying to find all this information out and you're on an emotional roller coaster as it is. And so when someone offer, you know, offers you help or promises you help and they really aren't doing it the right way, like you, you've been discussing, then you, you go down this path and it doesn't work. You try another one. So mm-hmm. it, it's frustrating. It is. Um, do you know for parents who are considering adoption today is is this a part of their home studies since you do home studies or do you talk a lot about the trauma now? I do. Um, you do? Okay. And, and there are, and, and we are in the process here of, of putting together some training for people that'll be on our website at some point in Alabama, the uh, children's aid society has online uh, for adoptive parents, um, a really good training program uh, to help get them ready to to adopt and uh, whether they're adopting foster kids or just just adoption in general and it's it's a very good um, uh, training series there is a book that I usually I put two books in the hands of all of my parents and one is hope for healing and I think you can still get it on Amazon but it is put together by the Attach organization. And it is uh, sort of a handbook for parents that's going to talk about uh, attachment trauma and adoption trauma in on all of its forms. Um, so that's very, very informative. If you're an adoptive parent and, and you suspect that, you know, your child is some of their behaviors may be because of uh, attachment trauma. I would say that's a good resource to really educate yourself with some um, reliable information. There's a lot of information out there that's kind of hit or miss, but uh, this was put together uh, by the Attach organization. And there used to be at some point a set of, um, and I don't know if they're still available, but there used to be a set of DVDs that went along with that book, but you could only get it from the Attach organization. Um, it's been a minute or two since I've been on their website, so I, I don't know if the, that part's still available. But the okay. handbook is good. Okay. The other series of books that I, I put in the hands of parents is Parenting with Love and Logic by Jim Fay and Foster Klein. Um, I encourage everybody to go to that website, which is loveandlogic.com. And it's either .com or .org, but I think it's .com. 
Okay. And there is a wealth of information there. And none of it was written for uh, parents who have children with, you know, uh, extreme behaviors. But this approach is better than anything I've ever used in terms of how to approach kids. Uh, it works really well with um, our, our trauma-based kids, and it works really well with non-trauma-based kids. Because the first thing is when you've got to the place where you've tried everything you know to try, and you're not getting the result you needed, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you as a parent. It means you need more tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. You need a different way to approach the same problem. There's a parenting with love and logic. There's a parenting teens with love and logic. There's grandparenting with love and logic. There's even love and logic for teachers. <laughs> but the last time I was on their website, they had it broken out a little bit more in an age group from infants to toddlers to middle schoolers and teen and teens. So it's a wealth of information. So I just encourage people to, to go there. Um, if you can get the book and audio, it's even better than just getting it in print. So, but that's the two resources that I put in the hands of all. If you're good, if you're going to come work with me, uh, guess what you're going to have to get for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's a prerequisite right there. (laughs) Well, now, if you didn't catch those, what I'll do is there are show notes to this episode. And I'll put all this these resources in the show notes. So don't worry about that. I'll look up and make sure and see if it's .org or .com. We'll have that uh, worked out there. But then if folks wanted to, to reach out to you and, and possibly work with you, can you give contact information, email, or whatever you feel you'd like to give right now? Sure, I can. Um, we do have a website. It's fairly new. So it's a little bit more geared to adoptive parents, but you also should be able to see a section in there for uh, that counseling is available. The website is adoption-associates.com. Um, you can, uh, there is a link there for info at adoptionassociates.com. So you can certainly send an email that way. Um, that will get to me. You can also use my, my personal email through there, which is jbaker. B-A-K-E-R at adoption-associates.com and and just sort of give me a little bit of an outline of what you're dealing with and uh, I'll get back with you as soon as I can. I also can be reached um, at uh, 256-353-8528. And I'll put all this information again in the show notes so you can just click on it and get to the website and so forth. So this has been great. This has been well, I great. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. It's been fun for me. And we've just scratched the surface, guys. But I wanted to to really have have an understanding of adoption trauma and, and some of the different facets. And as we wrap up here, what I like to do in these uh, episodes, Jane, is to to give people an action step, something that they can actually do, something simple. But if you ha- if you were an adoptive parent and you were advising them of something simple that they could do today, and I call it the daily doable, what's one action step you would recommend them taking action on right now to get the ball rolling to start to help their children? I think the first thing, the first step, I I would get those resources, um, those two books. Okay. I think with uh, the Hope for Healing, that's going to give you a lot of information. And then if you're looking for a therapist, that's going to give you a lot of background to help you un- help you ask the right questions. 
And I, I think that would be the, the first step in terms of helping yourself help your child. I guess number two would be if you haven't gone on a date with What's your that? spouse, with your spouse, <laughs> uh, do that. And, um, and I, it, everybody looks at me crazy when I say, okay, here's, here's your homework. I want you to go on a date and don't talk about the children. Mm-hmm. If you can get respite, you got to have that. If you can get somebody to watch the kids, you got to do that. But go on a date. And it doesn't have to be a lot of money. It might be a 20-minute walk around the neighborhood, and that might be all you have time to do. But go do it and don't talk about the kids. (laughs) Just talk about the things that brought you together. Or don't talk at all, but don't talk about the children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I understand that one. One of the anchors of this podcast is Healthy Boundaries. And you have to have healthy boundaries like that, where it's just you and your spouse time together. And so that's an yeah. important one. And you, a lot of times, unfortunately, because of the trauma you find yourselves in, you neglect each other because you are in fight or flight mode with your child. And it's it's not healthy. So Well, you've walked the walk, so you know it. And it, it does. It becomes all consuming. It does. It does. And that's not that's not good no it's not well again jane thank you so much for being on here with me and um, folks i think you well there's just so much you can get from this episode hopefully i'll bring jane back on here again and we'll, we'll do this talk some more about things because there's so many things we can discuss with this this thing but when you have people that that care about these kids and care about the parents um, they're a resource that's invaluable they're true anchors of encouragement. So thanks for joining us today, Jane. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Wow. There was so much in this episode. Here are your takeaways. Number one, in some adopted children, you see a pervasive pursuit of life on their terms. Number two, as a parent, tell your adopted child you understand why they behave the way they do. It's not okay, but you understand. Number three, When you have more conflict in your home than you desire, the whole family needs to go to therapy. Number four, a therapist cannot take you any further than they have been. And number five, when you've gotten to the place where you've tried everything and you're not getting the results you need, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you as a parent. It means you need more tools in your toolbox. That's all for today. Make sure and check the show notes for all of the resources that Jane mentioned. Until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.